Today on Locked On A's, the A's split with the Yankees over the weekend. What a weekend of baseball it was. And then we're going to be taking a look at how pitchers are now attacking Shea Langoliers now that he's been up in the majors for a little bit. And then in the third segment, it's time for Win of the Week. <laughs> wow, I, I did a little bit of split on that one. Anyways, uh, let's get into it, you guys. You are Locked On A's, your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's time for Locked On A's. Stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. How's it going, A's fans, and welcome to episode 445 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and on today's episode, we are talking about the A's phenomenal weekend against the Yankees outside of Thursday's game. Uh, and then we're going to be talking about how the Yankees and, you know, maybe, maybe the rest of baseball is going to be attacking uh, Shea Langoliers from here on out. We saw a change in how they approached him from uh, Friday through Sunday. So let's take a look at the numbers. And then we're going to be talking about the A's upcoming series with the Nationals. I like the Nationals. Nationals Park, really cool place. Uh, They're not a good baseball team, so this should be a fun week. We're going to get into why the A's should have a fun week this week. So that's what we got coming up for you guys today. But before we do, thank you guys so much for making Lockdown A's your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Also, make sure to follow us on social media at Lockdown A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at ByJasonB on Twitter. If you guys have any questions, for us, please join our Twitter community, pose a question, make some friends. There's some good people in there, and we're always down to talk baseball and especially A's baseball. So come join, join the party. But uh, let's get into today's episode. The A's split with the Yankees, and it did not look good after Thursday's game when James Caprillion just got shelled. But uh, hey, it turned around. Like, the best way possible. It turned around so good. On Friday night, I mean, maybe not the best way possible. They could have won Friday night, too. But uh, on Friday night, J.P. Sears, who the A's just got from the Yankees in the Frankie Montas deal, uh, he made one bad pitch to Aaron Judge, who's leading the world in home runs right now. I think he's got 49. I think that's right. He's got 49 home runs. And the A's gave up one to this guy, this behemoth of a man, all weekend. And that's a win in itself. So the A's won 3 thing not games but you know three they won three this weekend um he gave up one bad pitch to Aaron Judge that was the difference on Friday the A's lost that one three to two but the the, the revenge of Dermis, Gar- Dermis Garcia uh he uh, he had an RBI single in the ninth inning as a pinch hitter uh against his former team and he continued doing that on Sunday so I didn't have him in my show notes but Dermis Garcia Started the weekend three for three with three RBI singles against the team that cut him last offseason. He's petty. I love it. Give him a job. Um, but then on Saturday, this is this is the highlight of probably the, the entire season, but specifically the weekend for A's fans uh, because it was probably the game of the year. Adam Aller, after going, you know, six innings that he needed to go on Monday against the Marlins. And I said, I think that this guy has arrived after that gutsy performance because he had no control over any of it. Well, his fastball, he had no fastball control, but uh, 
Then he, he gets to face the Yankees after that start. And I was like, hey, let, let's see how he goes. He went eight innings, gave up one hit, zero runs against the New York Yankees. They have the best offense in the American League, the third best offense in baseball. Adam Aller, a guy that people have been like, I don't see it for him. I don't want him. Why is he still making starts? He, that guy, the guy that I've been comparing to Chris Bassett all season, that guy shut down the New York Yankees for eight innings, and then the A's kind of did it a little bit more after that. But, hey, Adam Aller is earning his spots in the A's opening day rotation next year because of how he's pitching right now. Keep an eye out for Adam Aller. See how he keeps developing because I'm like, I know it's one week, but holy crap, what a week he, he just had. Uh, continuing with Saturday's game, after A.J. Puck threw the wildest pitch, the, oh, man, it allowed two runs to score because, you know, foul territory in Oakland. Um, it didn't look great after the, the, the game that Adam Aller turned in. I was like, I was riding high. I was like, this is amazing. Go, Adam Aller. I was so stoked for him. Um, and then at, A.J. Puck threw that ball away. I was like, ah, oh, this is bleak. This is, Of course this is how the A's are going to lose this game. This sucks so bad. Uh, but then, Stephen Vogt, because they're you know, ghost runner on second, or, you know, zombie runner on second to start extra innings. Steven Vogt already had a guy on, and then he ripped one. He clobbered a baseball to right center, tied the game up at two. He made us believe one more time, hopefully not the last time, but at least one last time. So that was fun for nostalgia's sake. And also, go Steven Vote. What a great guy. And the reason you know he's a great guy and he's not going to get DFA'd, which is what I said when they started DFA'ing, guys, uh, is because everybody, well, not everybody, there was a roughly half a dozen guys on Instagram, which I don't go on Instagram terribly often, but a lot of the guys on the A's were posting that highlight. Some, you know, Adam Aller posted his own highlight, like, hey, look at my line. But also, look at what Steven Vogt did. He's having an impact on that clubhouse with a bunch of guys, a bunch of young guys trying to make their way as major leaguers. He's having an impact on them, and they were stoked for him. So that's why he's still around. And I'm not saying that, like, Jed Lowry and Steven Vogt weren't doing, or uh, Steven Piscotti weren't doing that. I'm saying Steven Vogt, he has a role here. He... They brought up Shea Lingleers, which is what I think is the reason that he's there. Uh, so he can coach both Sean Murphy and Shea Lingleers for the rest of the season. And he's not making a ton of money. What? What's, you know, 100000 How How much is it for the month? I don't know. But it's probably not a, a bunch. So keep them. There you go. Stephen Vogt, providing memories, making fans over and over and over. But, of course, Saturday night at... It was capped off with Lou Trevino actually pitching fairly well. He he induced a double play grounder, but then DJ LeMayhew threw it away into the Coliseum Cavern. Uh, foul territory. He threw it away. He threw it past first, and uh, it allowed the winning run to score. So that was fun. Uh, thank you, Oakland Coliseum. And uh, it was kind of funny to... <laughs> See Lou Trevino get the loss, even though he pitched fairly well. So the headline for me this weekend was that the A's held the Yankees to one hit over 11 innings. They almost lost the game, giving up one hit in 10 innings, but uh, they didn't. And so that was great. It was a, a wild, wild win. I loved it so much. And then on Sunday, Adrian Martinez, uh, he got everybody talking about his changeup. 
he had the pitch people talking about, like uh, Derek Van Riper and Eno Saris from The Athletic. He had them talking about his changeup. He is not a national pitcher. He is a, a guy who started a few games for the Oakland A's, one of the worst teams in baseball. And they were like, hey, this changeup's really good. Let's talk about it. Welcome to the party, everybody. Because if you if you missed the episode a couple of weeks ago, I started talking about his changeup and the movement that it has because uh, he has some of the best vertical movement on his changeup. And by some of the best, I mean it's the absolute best vertical movement in baseball on his changeup. Uh, it's by it, it moves by more than an inch, more than anybody else's changeup vertically, and. Uh, that's a lot. That's a lot when you're talking about these numbers. An inch is a lot because a lot of guys are separated by a tenth of an inch. He's a full inch better than everybody else. So good job on uh, Adrian Martinez there uh, for being recognized. But he also went five and a third innings, gave up three hits, one run, walked two and struck out six. Very solid line, especially considering he's only had a few starts sporadically in the majors. And he went out and shut down the New York Yankees the third best offense in baseball, just being like, hey, I'll pop up. You, you want me to shut down the Yankees? I got you. Here, here you go. Here's my changeup. Have fun, New York Yankees. So, uh, yeah, this weekend shows that you can still have a lot of fun in a season when you're not expected to contend. Adam Aller is making a case to be in the A's opening day rotation. Adrian Martinez could certainly be there as well. Uh, he's going to be a cusp guy, but let's see what he does the rest of the year. He's only had the one start. Adam Aller. Proved to me after two starts now that he's going to be in that rotation. Uh, the last month may seem like a drag because the A's, as a team, aren't playing for anything. But each guy on the roster is playing for everything right now. And that's something that you can be excited about. The A's are a young team and nothing is guaranteed for these 26 guys. They're going to spend the next month trying to show the A's and potentially other teams that they can play at the big league level. It's going to be a fun final month, so that's uh, that's why you watch A's baseball right now. Why not? And then you also get to watch like the Shea Langoliers' and uh, the J.P. Sears's and uh, who else ends with an S. It doesn't matter. Uh, those guys are fun, and uh, you, you can start dreaming about what the A's may be a couple years down the, down the line if these guys continue to develop, so... That's A's baseball. I'm having fun. I'm, I'm having a blast. Saturday was so much fun. This Saturday and Sunday were so much fun. Uh, but one guy that wasn't having as much fun was Shea Langoliers. So we're going to talk about how the Yankees were pitching him the final three games of the series after he went deep on Thursday. So uh, we'll do that in a minute. Are you one of those people who thinks that it's okay to drive stoned? What's the worst that could happen? You end up driving be below the speed limit? It's no big deal, right? Wrong. The truth is your reaction time slow way down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Talk about a buzzkill. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high and get a DUI. Welcome back to the Locked on Ace podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to hit subscribe on the podcast wherever you like to hear podcasts. Also, follow us on social media at Locked on Ace on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter. If you have any questions for us, join our Twitter community. It's at Locked on Ace over there. Pose a question, make some friends, ha join the party, have a good time. But uh, let's talk about the the pitch selection or pitch repertoire that 
Shea Langoliers has been seeing because heading into the weekend, I thought it might be interesting to see how guys have been attacking Shea Langoliers. Uh, he, he'd been hitting well. He'd been hitting like 280 or something like that. He, he'd been doing fine. He'd been doing great. Uh, and then this weekend, we may have seen the beginning of a change in how pitchers are going to be attacking him. So we're going to focus on what the Yankees did the last three games of this series. On Thursday, Shea Langoliers went deep off of Jameson Tyone uh, as part of a three-hit night. He was doing great. He, he hit the balls. He did his job. He, he did what he was supposed to do. And then on Friday, he singled off of Garrett Cole, uh, but that was the only hit that he had the rest of the series. In the final three games, he went one for 13, and, you know, that's nothing to really be concerned over. He'd been very, very hot. He'd been doing very well to start off his big league career. So, you know, a little one for 13, whatever. But the the reason that we're talking about this here is because he also had eight strikeouts in those 13 at-bats. And I know that he'd been whiffing a decent amount. So maybe it's nothing to be concerned of either. And, and nothing is of great concern. It's all just, hey, are they figuring something out about him that he's now going to have to adjust to? Or is this kind of... A weird flash in the pan. That's what we're trying to figure out right here. So uh, that's that's all we're doing. Shea Langelier is going to be great. He's he's showing that he can be just, just fine. So we're doing okay here. But uh, in those 13 at-bats where he struck out eight times, I ran the numbers and I, I cataloged every pitch that he saw. He's saw 14 four-seamers. A lot of those were from Garrett Cole on Friday. Uh, nine of those were from Garrett Cole on Friday. So I don't know that they stuck with that plan as much on Saturday and Sunday, and they struck him out like another five times. So they were doing fine. Uh, he saw 14 sinkers, which was something that they were doing to him on Sunday. He saw uh, six sinkers on Sunday and five on Saturday. So that seemed to be part of the new plan is throw him sinkers, not four seamers. See if he can adjust to this. It's still fast, but it moves a little bit differently. Maybe, maybe we can get him with a sinker here. Uh, he also saw 11 sliders. That seemed to be the out pitch. Uh, sliders and curves, that, that last three games, it was something that breaks sharply. That's what they were throwing him to get him to swing and miss. That's why he struck out so much. Uh, if they threw him one earlier in the count, he would foul it off or, you know, make contact or, you know, ground out or fly out or he would make an out in some other way. But, uh, when it was go time, he, he struck out on these pitches more often than not. I think he struck out like once on a fastball, and that was because he hadn't seen a fastball from Garrett Cole yet. And then, uh, I believe, and then uh, he, he it was mostly sliders and, and curves right there. And then he saw uh, nine curveballs over these last three games, and then two changeups. So what does this all mean? Uh, I think that there, he's going to be seeing a lot more breaking pitches. And he's been hitting breaking pitches okay, but... Breaking pitches between the majors and the minors are a little bit different, so maybe they're just, hey, let's throw these at him. Let's see if he can make contact, at least good contact, because if he's going to swing and miss, that's great, but if he's going to make weak contact, then that's also great. So let's see what he does here. And the, the number, he was hitting like 300 against breaking balls, I think, heading into the weekend. And um, yeah, he's hitting slightly less than that, but... Also, small sample size on whatever batting averages or expected batting averages are on his baseball savant page already on these different pitches. Like, he, he's got a zero uh, zero batting average against off-speed pitches so far, and uh, he only saw a couple of change-ups. I, that's weird if you're going by the numbers. So, they're really trying to figure out 
not off of stat cast numbers, but off of what they're seeing, what his reactions are to two things. How should we pitch this guy? What What is the best course of action to take out one of the A's hottest hitters? Uh, maybe best hitters. I don't know. He's only been in the big leagues for a couple of weeks. So, um, yeah, it's it's an interesting thought experiment. And the Yankees were definitely doing their thinking after the three-hit, one-home-run game that he had on Thursday against them. So they were probably like, hey, if we if we can limit Shea Langoliers, we probably have a good chance of not letting them score any runs. And then they completely forgot about Steven Vogt, another catcher. Ah, uh, what idiots the Yankees are. Also, um, I mean, that that's basically what I have on Shea Langoliers. So let's talk crap about the Yankees for a minute. Um, after that weekend, I don't know that I would trust, if I'm a Yankees fan, I'm like, they're not going to do anything in the playoffs. They got shut down by the A's and these rookies. They, they got shut down by, well, mostly a guy that they traded to the A's. They should know more about him. They got one three-run homer, end of game. Sure, cool. And that was with Garrett Cole on the mound. And then they had Domingo Homeron who pitched well, but they couldn't figure out Adam Aller. This is me if I'm a Yankee fan. Who's Adam Aller? What's he? Look at that mustache. Blah, 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 blah. Yes. I think Adam Aller is going to be good. Adam Aller is developing. They don't know that. And uh, I would be, I, I mean, as a, as an A's fan, I don't think the, the Yankees are doing much in the playoffs after watching this series. And also, this series in June, when the A's were just awful in June, those were very close series for some reason in Yankee Stadium. I have no idea. I, w- I remember tweeting out, I'm surprised at how close these were because the Yankees were world beaters at that point. Or they're like 70 games above 500. They were really, really good. Uh, and the, the A's had won like four games in the entire month. So I don't think that the Yankees are going to be very good. Or you can scout them fairly easily. Uh, if I'm the Houston Astros or whoever... Look at whatever the A's did to the Yankees. And then, there you go. That's that's your blueprint because the Yankees suck. Um, also, they're dealing with more injuries now. So maybe that's why they were so good is they were just super friggin' healthy in the first half. And now they're actually dealing with injuries like, a, like an actual team. So that's fun. But uh, anyways, coming up, we have win of the week. It's going to be exciting. We're going to have fun. And uh, let's learn a little bit, kind of, about the Nationals. Welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you're enjoying the show and you've made it this far, please subscribe to the podcast and also leave our podcast a five-star review on Apple or Spotify or wherever you guys get podcasts and can also leave a five-star review. Uh, it's very helpful. I thoroughly enjoyed it. On Spotify, we got like a 4.9 rating. I really hope it's out of five and not 10 because that would really bum me out. But <laughs> here I am telling everybody to leave us a five-star review, and it's been out of 10 the entire time. Um, anyways, yeah, follow us on social media, at LockedOnAids on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at ByJasonB on Twitter, and uh, that's that. So Monday, or sorry, not Monday, Tuesday's game. I wrote Monday for some reason, probably because today's Monday. Uh, on Tuesday, we got Cole Irvin, the A's best pitcher, going against Eric Fetty. So... I'm going to go with the A's best pitcher probably winning this one, but uh, just to do our due diligence here, uh, Eric Fetty, which is E-R-I-C-K, not the way you spell Eric, so that that's one knock against him. Uh, Eric Fetty has been pretty consistent of late. I mean that with sarcasm, sort of. I mean, he's been consistent, just not good. Um, he has a 489 ERA over his last seven starts, 
and he has a 495 ERA over his last 15 and a 488 ERA over his last 30. So consistency, he's going to give up runs on average. So that's something to, to expect. Uh, he has a whip of roughly 1.5 across 7 and 15 and 30 starts. So the A's are going to have base runners. So the key to Tuesday's game is what do the A's do with their base runners? Do they let them score? Do they leave them on? That's the key to Tuesday's game. Uh, also, Cole Irvin is probably going to be really good against a not-so-great Nationals offense. So uh, can they score uh, three runs? Two runs? Can the A's score two runs on Tuesday? Uh, if they do, we get tacos. <laughs> uh, we don't get tacos. Nobody's giving us tacos. But have a taco if the A's score two runs. And uh, that's celebrate. But okay, let's move on. Wednesday, James Caprillion is going to try and bounce back uh, going from the Yankees to the Washington Nationals without Juan Soto. That... That's a nice switch, change of pace right there. He's going to be fine. Uh, or not fine. But he's also facing Anibal Sanchez. Uh, and I was looking it up. Because I remember facing Anibal Sanchez. You know, way back when, when he was on the Tigers. And uh, in both 2012 and 2013, in the ALDS against the Tigers, the A's won the games that were started by Anibal Sanchez. And I believe that they have figured him out uh, for the last decade. So, easy win, right? I think it's an easy win. There you go. Boom. Um, he doesn't have a win this season. He's 0-5. He's only made eight starts. Uh, but he allowed just one run over his last two starts, it, and that spanned a, a, a whopping nine and a third innings pitched uh, against the Mariners and Padres. So decent decent teams. Teams with playoff aspirations. So he's done well recently. So, hey, maybe he actually pitches okay but doesn't go deep, and then and that's bullpen sucks. So that's a that's a way this could go. Uh, I don't think that the A's are going to need any heroics from Seth Smith in this one. But uh, hey, if they want to sign him just for fun and nostalgia, and you know they just brought back the 2002 team to celebrate the the 20 consecutive victories, why not bring Seth Smith back for the decade of hey, remember that team? That was a good time. They didn't they they won the division when they weren't supposed to. Yay! Uh, I don't know how you celebrate the 2012 one on like these, you know, decade and whatever. I don't know how they would do that because they're like 20 consecutive wins. They're like, yes! But uh, the 2012 team lost to the Tigers in five games in the ALDS. I don't know how you celebrate. Like, you can remember the good times. I don't know how you like bring them all back together. I, I don't know. Let me know how you would celebrate that if you're the A's. Um, but yeah, Seth Smith Bring him back. Have him just pinch hit against Anibal Sanchez just to drive Sanchez insane. It'd be really, really funny. Uh, make it happen. It. What are the A's playing for? Nothing. Sign Seth Smith. What's he up to? Probably nothing. Anyways, uh, Thursday's game. We got J.P. Sears going against Cade Cavalli. This should be an interesting matchup, honestly. Uh, J.P. Sears, I think that he's going to win every start that he starts because he's good. He's solid. He, he has shown me nothing that is like, ooh, there's a wrinkle that's not great. Uh, no, he's great. He made one bad pitch against Aaron Judge, the best power hitter in baseball, and the A's lost that game. But uh, he, before that, he allowed three earned runs and three starts total. So uh, he's good. I like J.P. Sears. Uh, Cade Cavalli, for his own right, uh, he made his big league debut in his last start against the Reds, and he gave up seven runs in four and a third innings pitched. Uh, he's also the Nats' number four prospect, so he has the stuff. 
I think the key to Thursday's game is going to be for the A's to score early, get him under some pressure, don't let him start racking out, uh, racking up outs, uh, and don't let him just you know get comfortable. Don't let him get comfortable and start rolling. That's the key to beating Cade Cavalli in his second big league start for the Oakland A's. Let's see what they do. I don't know. I'm intrigued. Uh, I like the Nats. I like Nats Park. I'm not rooting against the Nats. The Nats and the A's have like the two worst records in baseball. What a matchup. Uh, and also, you, you got to say, because it was a big talking point for me last week, the Miami Marlins are 12-1 and against the Nationals. The A's have a better winning percentage against the Miami Marlins than the Nationals do. So therefore, I think the A's sweep. I think that's how that works. Um, I don't know. The Nets lineup isn't terribly scary, especially without Juan Soto. So I don't. I mean, they got like Nelson Cruz and Luke Voigt. So don't let them do anything. I don't think Nelson Cruz is good this year. So don't let Luke Voigt do anything. Uh, they also they, they did call up C.J. Abrams, who they got in the Juan Soto deal with the Padres. So he's good. He's 21 year old prospect. He's solid. He's one of their best prospects, maybe they're probably their best. Um, and it'll be good to get a look at them from, you know, a baseball standpoint and from an A's fan or just, you know, a baseball fan standpoint. Uh, so I think that that's cool. But if the A's play fairly well, they should be able to take care of business to start this week. And uh, that's that. That's a win of the week. All of them. They're going to win all of them. The end. All right. Uh, and I like doing one of the week, so we're going to do another one for Friday's episode as well. So look forward to that. It'll be less rambling about how bad the Nationals are and more let's spoil some seasons for the uh, for the Baltimore Orioles. And by spoil, I mean keep them out of the playoffs. Um, do I want them out of the playoffs? Not necessarily, but do I want the A's to win games? Yes. So I guess uh, that, that covers that. Anyways, that's all that I got for you guys today. Thank you so much for making Locked on A's your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. Now go make your second listen, Sully and the Locked on MLB podcast, because he brings passion and humor and a unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked on MLB. They're on the Odyssey app and on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts, basically, wherever you're listening to this, go find Sully and Locked On MLB. But that's all that I got for you guys today. So follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter, Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter. Um, yeah. So until next time, go out and celebrate good times, A's fans. And I will talk at you tomorrow. <laughs>